0: Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to America's Top Rabbitsons. May this class be for Rafu Shalema, for Eliezer Raphael Le Benamuna, and also for Janina Kiesler. Please if, click on the subscribe button to subscribe to us on the America's Top Rabbitsons YouTube page, or click follow to follow us on your podcasting app so that you are the first to know when an exciting new episode is posted. I'm really happy to have on our show today, Danit Schusterman. Danit is the author of a blog called A Jewish Homeschool Blog, and she's also a teacher in Base Rifka and an educational Consultant. She helps parents advocate for their children in the school system. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do.
1: Sure. So, thank you very much for having me. Thank it's you. Quite an me. honor. Thank you. Um, we were my husband and myself and our five kids. We were shluchim on Maui, Hawaii, for thirteen years. Wow. Um, 13, wonderful, wonderful years. But as our kids got older, we started to realize that they really just needed more. Um, you know, we homeschooled, which was wonderful, but as they got older, we would come to New York for the summers and they just loved being here. They loved being with friends. They loved being with cousins. They loved walking to the store. They, they were just thriving and we made the decision to move to Crown Heights about five years ago. And thank God, everyone is really, really happy. I have five kids in four different schools. Each school is wonderful for that child. Um, I teach. I love my job here. I I also write for different publications. I write for COL. Um, I love writing. I do a lot of freelance writing. Um, And that's, Oh, I wrote a cookbook. My husband would want me to say that. Yes. <laughs> what's the name Maui of the cookbook? Kosher. Maui it's Kosher. Called Maui Kosher. I wrote I it, it on Maui when I had five little kids, no ingredients and no time. So this was the cookbook that was just like, you know, these, this is how I make my food with tons of kids and, you know, no kosher products. So, um, yeah. And, and, and here we are, here we are. And, um that's pretty much us in a nutshell. I love it. And I love, I love what you said that, that you bring your
0: kids to New York for the summer, because anybody who knows New York knows it's so hot in the summer and everybody leaves New York for the summer. So it's so funny that you're coming from Maui to New York for the summer. It's, I, that's funny to me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, but I just, we have the best, best memories. We would stay in this teeny tiny, tiny apartment, you know, on Maui, we had this huge house overlooking the whole island, we you know, by coastal views. So gorgeous. You know, but gosh, we had everything. But my kids, we would come to New York and they were just so excited to be here. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. That's
0: beautiful. That's beautiful. And, And your cookbook sounds amazing. Maui kosher. It's like the way that we operate. We're busy moms. We're running in 10 different directions. And we don't always have all the ingredients we need on hand. So we need something quick and easy, something that we could just whip up and get on the table. So your cookbook sounds like that could really be a solution for many people (laughs) yes yes so I know that one topic that is very close to your heart is the power of love and I totally agree with you that in this generation our kids really need love and we as adults as moms also really need love too Um, and you mentioned to me before the interview that love when turned into action is actually one of the most powerful healing agents out there and I totally agree with you on that you are so right Um, And it's not just the feeling of love, it's love actually put into action through our speech and our deeds. And coming from a place of action-oriented love, as I like to call it, is such a powerful way to truly and deeply connect with others, with, with our children, with our spouses, with others, just you know, other people in general. It's amazing. So I want to del- delve deep into this topic to see how we can empower women to have this type of love in their lives. So can you please share with us exactly what you mean when you say that love is your most powerful tool and what it really means for love to be expressed through speech and deeds as opposed to just having others feel that you love them?
1: Sure. So, you know, we could start at the beginning. I feel, you know, my parents, none of our parents are perfect. Our parents are all far from perfect. But one thing my siblings and I all really agree on and what my parents really got right was that they gave us this unconditional love and acceptance. There was nothing that we could do that would make our parents not love us. Right. We knew that we just knew that and they just supported us in any ideas that we had. Like a small example is when I was probably, I don't know, 15, I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer. So, you know, you could say, oh, wow, that's a great idea, honey. Good luck. But my father got me a lights table to sketch designs. Wow you know, and I would just sketch these designs and put them up on my wall. Granted, it lasted like, I don't know, a few months. Um, You know, then I decided I wanted to start sewing clothes. So my mother got me a sewing machine and swatches of fabric. And again, maybe it lasted a few weeks, (laughs) but I just always felt that someone believed in me. And because I felt that I was able to believe in myself And it's just a really great solid core to have going through life because life is not easy at all. Mm -mm. But I feel like this unconditional love that was given to me as a child got me through probably my darkest, most difficult moments in my life because I just had this belief like I could do it. Like you're good. You you could get through this. And and to this day, I'm I'm in my early forties, I'm the oldest in my family. And when I speak to my parents, they look at me like I am just the most amazing person on the planet. And, you know, I have my father who's like, you know, almost 70, always telling me, I'm so proud of you. And my mother is just always telling me, you know, it's just, they're just constantly showering us with these positive, um, you know, words of, words of love. But they also, you know, as adults, it's, it's different, but as children, I was just shown, I was shown a lot of love and obviously we can't give something that we never got. So for someone that didn't get this as a child, it's going to be a lot harder to implement into our own lives. Yes. So I, I definitely feel blessed. Believe me, I did not have a picture, picture, perfect childhood. Please don't paint this picture that like, you know, I grew up and everything was perfect, but this is what they got. Right. And this is something that I've, I've treasured and it comes very naturally to me in order to, you know, instill it into my own life. So that's, that that's the foundation. And I feel that when a child has this, it really gives them like this armor to start life, to start, to, to get into life, to get into the game of life. Um, you know, that, that's pretty much where, where where this all kind of began. And back to the question, how to like actually implement it, how to actually do things to show your love. Um, you know, there's so many parenting philosophies. I'm almost like scared to like get into it because there's like the back, you know, no, no, you know. But at the end of the day, like I feel like a lot of the parenting philosophies are you're on the defense. What if my kid does this? Oh, say that. What if my kid does this? Oh, do this. You know, let's load up our toolbox with tools for when your kid does this and this. How about we take a step back and we just load our kids with love and trust. And what does that look like?
0: I love that. I love that. And you know what, what I- also, love is that you said this is something that your parents got right. N- nobody's parents are perfect. We're not perfect. Nobody. We're, we're human beings. Human beings are not perfect just by the way that that we're made. But I love that you like zoned in on this is what my parents got right, and you really you took it and you you magnified it and you implemented it in your own family. And I also love that you said that you know your childhood was not picture perfect, even though that your parents got this right that they loved you unconditional, which was amazing it still didn't make for a picture perfect childhood and probably not a picture perfect adulthood. I mean, I wouldn't just imagine, you know, we all have at all. Yes. Right. At all. A hundred
1: percent. But what it did, it got me through all those really, really, really hard times.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It and really I it, did. it was
1: like armor. It was
0: armor. Like you were, you had a foundation. You had Correct. some kind of foundation. Okay. Okay. Correct. Wow. Okay. I mean, there's so many kids say who are suffering in one way or another, some kids have anxiety. Others have depression. Some have experienced trauma. And so many kids are insecure and they lack confidence. And so many kids are in different forms of medication. And some of the medications work and it's amazing. And some of the medications don't. And that's the reality of the situation. But we're all just trying to find a solution for the pain of life. And that's kind of, it's the human, it's a human experience almost. Regardless of what a child has gone through or what they're going through, action-oriented love is truly one of the most powerful healing agents out there, as we were talking about. And it's so important to emphasize that. So so I really want to get to the practically speaking terms. In an everyday, regular scenario, what does action-oriented love look like? Can you please give us some examples?
1: Sure, sure. So I'm speaking now not from the idea of action oriented love I'm speaking from experience yes in both being a mother being a wife being a teacher and I'll give little examples from each area just to illustrate it and make it clear Perfect. so let's start with being a teacher because that's a nice easy topic um I love teaching and very often someone will walk into my classroom and the kid's are, I would say 99.9% of the time, always doing what they got to be doing. You'll have kids sitting on the floor, kids sitting on a beanbag. I teach fourth grade kids laying on the floor, kids sitting in their desks, but everyone is always doing what they need to do. And I'm often asked like, oh my gosh, you know, like you let kids talk in class, you let kids sit on the floor, you let kids just leave whenever they want. Like you just have this free for all, but everyone's doing so well. What's what's going on over there? All yeah. the kids are really happy. You would think that when you give children freedom and trust, they're little barbarians who are just going to like go crazy. But I feel like, you know, society has it so wrong. It's like people think kids are like, you know, I don't I can't think of a better word like stupid. Like they think kids don't know things. And unless we teach them, they're not going to know how to act like a normal human being. And when we show children trust in the beginning of the school year, I sit down on my desk and I say to my students, my new students who I've never met, I'm like, okay, what can we do to have a healthy functioning classroom? What can we do?
0: Good question. Yep.
1: You know, not these are my rules or what rules should we put into place so you little people can follow them and we can have this, you know, quiet classroom. What can we do to create an environment that's so pleasant for you guys to learn in, pleasant for me to be in, let's talk about it. And we get into the most incredible conversations and these kids come up with such great ideas. And I'll tell you, I have a policy. If you need the bathroom, you don't need to ask me you go to the bathroom because it's a human need <laughs> to go to the bathroom right and if you got to go you got to go right. and and if you need to take a few minutes and step outside the classroom because granted i had like between 25 and 27 students right you you can come over and say mrs Schusterman, i just need a few minutes no problem you're in this classroom for 8 hours everyone needs a little bit of time of quiet and i will tell you Kids barely, barely ask me to leave the classroom. Wow. You would think, you would think that if you're telling a kid, guess what? You can leave the classroom whenever you want. Right. That you'd have kids like lining up to leave. Yes. Yes. But just knowing, like, wow, our teacher really trusts us. You know, I, wow. And, you know, I'll let them mark their tests, like spelling tests. And I say, we have a code of honor. I trust you. I trust that if you got a word wrong, you'll correct it because you want to know how to spell the word right. It's not about the mark. It's not about that. It's about knowing how to spell. And I find that action-oriented love has got to do with connection, where you connect to people where they are at. You see who they are. And you connect to that. And it's about trust trusting them and not being afraid that they're going to do this or do that. Or, and, and when, I mean, even us as adults, you know, if you have a boss who's like always looking and making sure you're doing your work and it's like, what, like what's up, you know? And it's actually the beauty of my boss that I love working for her because she just, I have a different way of teaching than most teachers, but she trusts me and she just lets me go with it. And she appreciates it. And it's so it feels so good to, to, to have that so that's how it translates in the classroom I, I um, love that yeah I I, yeah, I just want to say I know you're
0: going to go on to the next area but I just really want to, to stop for a minute and just to acknowledge how powerful that is because you're right most teaching styles are not like that most teachers don't teach the way that you teach and it's so amazing you put the trust in the kids and I mean they're kids they in they listen they could some of them could probably be mischievous but innately as human beings they want to do the right thing they want to do it you know they just have to feel in a safe environment to do it you know and the fact that you're trusting them i trust you to do the right thing that That does something internally to a person, both to a kid and to to adult. They don't want to let you down and they don't want to let themselves down. They want to know that they are the type of person who can do the right thing. And I also love that you said like, uh, you know, you have to connect with people where they're at, not where you want them to be at or where you think that they might be at. You really, really have to do some digging and, and talking to them and see where they're actually at. And in a classroom with 25, 26, 27 kids, you can't all expect them to be every single one in the same place. You know, they're all, they're all over the place and you have to meet each one where they're at. And that, that takes talent. So I just want to give you credit for that So
1: Amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you. And, and there's actually one other thing I wanted to add because I just listened to, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts at all. And I just happened to listen to one of Chase Talb, yes. and he was talking about a reward and punishment system and how it doesn't work. And I w- in this generation and I was laughing Because I was like, "That's so interesting that he mentions that." Because in my classroom, and my home, and my life, I don't use reward and punishment. Like in the classroom, there are no punishments because of the expectation of how to act. It's not like if you if you do this, then you're going to get a mark off. It doesn't exist, and it it it's powerful. It works, and there's no rewards either because. You're not behaving for the reward. You're behaving because we're all part of a classroom. We all want it to work. We all want it to flow. And you'll see the other kids, if let's say a kid is speaking maybe when they shouldn't be speaking, another kid will be like, hey, shh, you know, Mrs. Schusterman's talking or something like that. And not in a, you know, in, in a mean way, but just like, we're in this together. Like, let's make this work. And it's not about the candy that you're going to get for being quiet. We're being quiet because that's the right thing to do
0: it's a hundred percent. You're almost, you're laying the foundation. So you're not, you know, you're not playing whack-a-mole. You're not saying, okay, if you do this, I'm going to whack. You. If you do that, I'm going to whack you. You're, you're laying the foundation before that. The right thing to do is not to get into a position where you're going to get whacked. The right thing to do is to do the right thing is we're all working together. We're creating an environment, a pleasant classroom where everybody's happy to be here, where you as a teacher are happy to be here and where everybody's learning and everything's functioning. And that in itself, to
1: be in that environment, that's the reward. So a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the kids Baruch Hashem, are really, really happy. Amazing. They're really, really. And, and, and you would think, you know, I'm the teacher that gives out all the goodies, you know, the best right. prizes or, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking that at all. You know, there's great systems and whatever, but in my classroom, that's not the reason that the kids are happy because I have the best prizes, you know? Right. So so it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing to see that it works.
0: It's, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm just so blown away by it because it's just so opposite of the way that most people think. You know what I mean? Most people think uh, rewards, you know, consequences and, you know, that kind of a system. What are you going to do right? What are you going to do wrong? How is it going to interact together? But you're not even going there. You're just laying the foundation for this is the way, be, this is the way be, we behave. We're going to be doing the right thing. I trust you. We're making a w- great working environment for us all. And that's the premise. Like that's the premise of everything. So that's, it's,
1: it's revolutionary. It is. But it takes, it takes a lot on your end. You yes. need to be in a place where you feel strong enough to trust. It's a lot easier to control. It's a lot easier to control.
0: And that's the environment that i'm used to like me personally i'm used to the
1: controlling environment that's what i grew yeah, up with that's the world that's yeah. yeah that's society that's yeah. you know but it's it, this you know some it, it it works in my home as well okay can you give me works with my something? children sure yeah. sure yeah. um meeting each you know i i meeting each child every one of my kids are so different. They're so different. I can relate. Yes. I mean, I'm sure anyone listening knows that they're every, like you can have 15 kids and everyone is different. Yes. Um, and when you're able to, obviously you need to raise your children and instill values in them and, you know, boundaries and all your typical parenting stuff. But when, do we talk about connecting with our kids? Like, where are all those classes? I didn't find them. (laughs) Right? And when you have a connection with your children, then all those tools are not necessary because you're not getting into these power struggles. You're not getting into them. I've got five, almost five teenagers at home. Wow. (laughs) Okay. And my husband and I, We really enjoy them. We really enjoy them. Granted, again, we are all human with different personalities and, you know, life happens. But it's a pleasant environment because we're connected to each of our kids in their way, in their way. So action-oriented love. I have a son. um, He plays saxophone. Great. And... We just love listening to him play. We just sit there and we ask him, could you play for us? It's just so beautiful. And we'll just sit and we'll listen to him play. He was set on going to Yeshiva University. Not us. We're not, you know, whatever you want to do, as long as it's a good, healthy thing to do. And we supported him on this journey and helped him in whatever he needed to do all along the way, giving him the message. We love you. We, we believe in you. We have full faith that whatever you want to do, you could do this. Baruch Hashem, he got in.
0: Amazing.
1: Same. You know, we have a son, God bless him. He's 13 years old. He decided he wants to be a lawyer. Okay. 13, lots can change, but he's like, mommy, please. Can you get me the set book? I'm like, darling, you're 15. <laughs> but you know what? We saw how much this meant to him. We saw how much this meant to him. So we got this, you know, L sets for beginners. And on Shabbos, we sit down and we go through the different questions, which by the way, are very, apparently very similar to like Gemara. He tells me. Interesting. Different, yeah. I'm like, oh my, and he's like getting them all right. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is interesting. Like, wow. Okay. I guess it's just a way of thinking that right. you have to have. Um, so here it's, it's not about spoiling a kid. There's a very big difference. You look at a kid and you look at who they are, what they want, what they need and do it. Wow. Why not? Right. Why not? Like if we're so afraid of spoiling our kids, what are we doing? Like spoiling it's, It's not about that. I have another daughter. She's extremely artistic. I mean, so artistic. She has painted her entire room. She paints her shoes. Whatever she can get her hands. She she wants to paint the world. (laughs) And we get her these big boxes of acrylic paint and paintbrushes. And we support it because we see how happy, how alive she becomes. She loves it. So, Going back, after having said that, anxiety, depression, trauma, these are real. Yes. These are very, very, very real. Yes. When a child is, God forbid, physically sick, the world steps up. They bring flowers. They bring food. They're there for the child. They're there for the family. And the child feels it. Yes. Oh, wow. We got toys and a clown came to dance for me. And, you know, like everyone's making a big deal about me and they actually, it doesn't make them better, but they feel better. They feel better for those moments, for those moments. Oh, wow. I got the new PlayStation or whatever. And I could, you know, like they feel better when it comes to stuff that we can't see. You know, you can't necessarily see when someone's depressed or if they're super anxious it's kind of it's a very lonely place to be yes that as parents as parents if we only knew and i am speaking from experience over here 100% experience if we knew the power that we had as parents most of our kids would not need therapists and i say this from experience because when a child is going through mental health struggles or they've been through trauma they really don't feel good about themselves, right? They really, really don't. They're, they're broken. They're broken. It's like walking around with a knife in their back. Yeah, they're broken. And healing when they're broken is very hard. It's very, very hard. It's like doing physical therapy, therapy on on a leg that's not fully healed. Like you got to heal the leg and then we can do physical therapy. Yes. Right. So our job as parents, is to heal that leg from the inside out. And how do we do that? First of all, our kids are not perfect, and neither are we, but we can show them we love them in so many ways. A small way is my husband went away for a week. So what did we do? We went shopping, I only have two kids home. And we got our kids, the ones who are home, seven little gifts, gifts. nothing huge, wrapped them up and he wrote them each a note. I'm going to miss you so much. I love you so much. Here's a little gift to show you. I'm thinking about you each day I'm gone. Beautiful. This is not, this is not buying their love. The world has this very mixed, you know, vision of when you give your children things, if it comes along with meaning and it's given with love, it's, And it's wrapped up and it's with a bow. That kid, if they're going through stuff, anxiety, depression, if they've been through trauma, those moments that they get those gifts, they're smiling and a part of them comes to light and a part of them is happy. And even that is so healing in and of itself. Um, Spending time with our kids and taking them to places they want to go. Not necessarily family trip time. We're all going here, get in the car. I, some of you might be happy. Some of you might not be happy. You know, on, on Mind, we actually split up. My husband takes certain kids to one place and I take other kids to another place because then everyone's happy. There's no point in taking kids, you know, like this one wants to go to the race cars and this one wants to go horseback riding. So like, obviously you can't do that all the time, but when we when we show our kids, we see you. What you want matters. It matters. What do you want for dinner tonight? What do you want for Shabbos? I want to cook for you. I want you to be happy. We we, we don't even understand the healing powers that us parents have. A father. Oh my gosh, the fathers, if they knew how powerful they were. If they knew how powerful they were, the healing powers of a father are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And little things. One of my daughters loves chocolate. My husband would just slip a chocolate under her door. She's a teenager. Her door's closed. God forbid you go in there, you know, (laughs) but to her, you know, with a little note, I love you. Hope you're having a great day and to her it's like this connection she comes out of her room thank you daddy
0: that's so precious and it's so special and you know as you're talking and i'm i'm taking in everything you say it's almost we're treating the kids with respect like they're human beings just like us just because they're kids doesn't mean that they're not deserving of respect and of connection and you know if we think how do we connect with their friends like we would never I don't know. We would never be mean to our friends, you know. I, you know, on purpose. We would. We, what you know? Where do you want to go? Where restaurant do you want to go to? You know, what would you like for your birthday? Like we we speak to our friends in a certain way that really shows that we connect to them, that that we love them and we want to do what they want to do, you know? And I'm not saying that our kids should be our friends. That's not what I'm saying. But in terms of our connection with them, if we see them as human beings with their own set of wants and needs that may be different from our set of wants and needs, I want to make that clear. You know, I have kids that I want one thing and they want something different. So, but I see the value in meeting them where they're at and seeing what they need, seeing who they are, seeing what they want and seeing what they value. And, and trying to you know trying to meet those needs and those wants and it's so powerful because then they see that you care i once heard somebody say you know when you love somebody it's what's important to you is important to me so just because like you said horseback riding maybe you don't like horseback riding i don't know but you know like if one of my kids wants to go horseback riding may not necessarily be my thing but if it's their thing would it kill me to just go horseback riding and clap and take pictures and say, wow, and just be enthusiastic? No, it would make me for uh, to be a more supportive, more loving parent who sees what their kid enjoys and who's supportive of them and who shows them that through action-oriented love. I think it's so powerful.
1: A hundred percent. You see it very clearly. Like, yeah, that's it. And it's not about you being their friend. You are not their friend. No, you're not. And you make it very clear. There's no question. Right. Because the relationship, I'm your mother. I love you. Yes. I love you. And I want you to be happy. And if I know, it's not about me making you happy. That's not my job. But if I know that you love hot cocoa from this restaurant and I'm out, and I'm at the restaurant and I bring home. Hey, I was out and I thought of you. I know how much you love this hot cocoa. This is for you. Yes. And these things, ah, oh, they are so healing for these kids. They're so healing. Um, something really nice my husband and I started doing on the Arab Shabbos. We'll get one something new, little, a game, a new food, just something. And give the kids little notes. I'm sure you've had such a long week, have a one or looking forward to spending Shabbos with you. So glad you're here for Shabbos or, um, looking forward to hanging on the couch together. And it's just connection. I matter. My parents see me, they see me, they know me. And when you have this connection, you don't have the tug of war. You don't have the power struggle, Granted, you're going to have the kid that's, you know, 12 years old. Mommy can have a cell phone. No, the answer is no. Okay. And it's okay. The no is met with okay, because there's so much good there. There's so many other things they're getting that when we say no, when no really matters, it's okay. It's not a power struggle. It's not a fight. It's not an argument. So yes, yes, is such a good word in a family. It really, really is.
0: Right. Because then you're on the same team, so to speak. You know what I mean? It's not the power struggle because you're on the same team. And you can't, as a human being, as a parent, you can't give your, your kids everything they want or even everything they need all the time. It's just, it's not a realistic thing. A hundred percent. But whenever possible. And it's not even like what I'm getting, even underneath the layer of like giving the chocolate or giving the little thing underneath that, it's, it's all about connection. It's all about the, I see you. I see you. I relate to you, I can understand. And kids, ha- I mean, with school and homework and as they get older, tests and finals and you know, applying to colleges and yeshivas and everything like that, life gets harder. I mean, it just does. And they go through so much and who knows what's happening in school with their friends and with their teachers. You know, They have their own long day. We have ours, but they have theirs. And we have to recognize that. We just have to recognize that. Maybe they went through something d- today and they didn't tell me about it. I have no idea what they went through today. But regardless, they went through it and just to kind of keep that in the forefront of your mind and acknowledge it. Maybe they're a little bit moody. Maybe there's a good reason why, you know, maybe they're not 100%, not just, you know, so this connection
1: is just so important. I will add on what you just said, how kids have their own struggles that they go through. You know, one of my kids, one of my sons, he wasn't happy at the school that he was at this past year, like in, you know, February. And because we have this underlying connection and foundation, you know, people say, oh, they're manipulating you. Oh, they're, they're just trying to get out of going to school. Like trust your kid, know your kid. When you know your kid and you trust your kid and they come home and they're unhappy about something, you deal with it. You don't say, oh, he's just, He's just trying to, you know, oh, he's got you wrapped around your finger. You know, you hear these things, yes. but it's like, no, this is a child who's not happy for a specific reason. Let's figure it out and let's make a change, which we did. And it was wonderful. It was excellent. Amazing. amazing? Because we trusted him. And when a kid feels trusted, they're not sneaking behind your back to do things. Kids will be kids. Granted, we, we don't have precious angels. They're precious angels to us, but meaning they're not these perfect, you know, goody goodies. And some of us do have goody goodies, but I'm saying like kids will be kids and let them be kids, let them be kids, but let them know that they have parents who are there when the going gets tough. If they get up to stuff that maybe they shouldn't be getting up to and they have that connection, they will call you, mommy, come pick me up, daddy, I'm in trouble. I need help. You will be their people to call at three o'clock in the morning or whenever or wherever it is, because you have established that connection. Right. Home is home is home is where they're going to want to be if you create that environment.
0: Right. It's all about relationships. It's like as you're talking now, it's really about that relationship that you establish with your child. It really, really is
1: correct. That's why it's like tools galore. That's great. That's wonderful. But if you don't have that Powerful relationship, you can have all the tools in the world. Yeah,
0: yeah, you know, <laughs> I totally get that. Um, and so, so speaking about that, you know, relationships today, I want to give our listeners, I guess, some practical, some practical strategies that they can use to help their their kids feel better and they feel the power of love and establish that relationship and establish that connection. And you know. What is one easy, actionable, doable step? Like just something that people can implement today to start creating that relationship of connection so that their kids can learn to rely on trust, on, trust them.
1: Okay. Um, I can think of like one or two. Great. Like all fan, maybe even three. Um, when it comes to, I mean, this is like such an easy one. When it comes to cooking dinner or Shabbos, make your kids their favorite dinners. And tell them, I made this for you. I made spaghetti bolognese because I know how much you love spaghetti bolognese. It's been a long day. Guess what's for dinner? I made your favorite dinner. Some kids will roll their eyes, but underneath rolling their eyes, my mommy made me my favorite dinner. Doesn't matter how old you are. right? That's a little thing. That's tiny. That's not going to make or break your relationship, but it will definitely help. Yes. Now, the big thing is know your kids. Know your kids, know what they like, know what they're good at, know where, they're sh- where they shine and be the person to spotlight where they shine and help them bring it out. A kid likes making jewelry, get them a jewelry set and set up a little place in their bedroom where they can sit and make jewelry and get them a stand to display their jewelry, let them be proud of what they've done. A kid likes reading, go sit on the couch with them while they're reading and you also read and, and, and discuss how much, how awesome reading is. It's the best thing in the world. I, I, I'm saying that from experience. I have a daughter, she just, she could read all day. I love reading. I wish I could read all day, but, <laughs> and, and we have the best discussions, how reading is just the best. We got her this like really cute, like swing chair and she lays in the swing It's like her reading swing because we respect the fact that she loves reading here. We got you this awesome swing and you get to like lay in the swing and and read whenever you want. Like, wow. And it's just, you know, it's seeing what your kids value and value, value what they value, like respect it and and, and shine a light on it and say, wow, that's amazing. I, I want to support that. I'm, it's, it's awesome. And they feel so good about it. And they feel so good about themselves.
0: I love it. I have a question about the swing just because I'm curious, maybe it'll be good for my daughter. Is the swing it's
1: in her room? Like you put the swing in her room or? Well, we have currently three swings in our house. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We have one swing in one daughter's room, which is a sensory swing and it's hung from the ceiling. It's kind of like a it's almost like a piece of fabric and she just lays in it and it holds like it holds her whole body weight. Yes. Okay. That's one. That's not for the reader. Okay. That's for the one that needs the sand free swing. Yes. Then we have it's kind of like a hammock and it hangs from her ceiling in her room. This is for the reader. We've okay. got someone to install it. And it's it's like a chair hammock with like this big comfy pillow. And it's like next to her bed. So she can you literally walk into her room and she's just like laying there with her feet up. She has a whole shelf of all her favorite books. And then we saw what a hit the swings were. So we got this, it's, it's probably, it is for outside, but we put it in our living room. It's this big, like, it's called, like a teardrop chair with like this big oh, comfy yes. pillow. Yes, yes. And it's just this like yummy, mushy, like really comfortable swing. So you could do, you know, it's just about making your home comfortable for your kids. You yes. want them to, 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 to see oh we got you this big plushy beanbag for the living room where you can just lay down and you know hang out on shabbos like you want them to know they are a huge factor in your life a huge factor i love that i love that and
0: you know and i was asking about this thing for my daughter but also you know it could be used for so many people not not just the readers but just you could do so many things just you used to sit and talk. You could just the oh king could be You could sit and talk to them. It could be a hangout chair. They could play with their friends, you know, in the chair. They could just
1: absolutely even homework. Absolutely. Some kids like do homework in their chair. It's a homework chair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's very relaxing. It's very yes. therapeutic to swing back and forth. Yes. So absolutely. Yes. Absolutely.
0: Thank you. And one last question. And we mentioned earlier that the kids are not the only ones who benefit from the power of love. I mean, we all do. We really, really all do benefit from the power of love. And as a wife, as a mother, as a friend, a sister, a daughter, and a teacher, how do you personally experience the power of love in your life, both as a giver of this love and as a receiver of the love?
1: Well, like I said, as a giver, it does come naturally to me. Okay. Like I I, I don't feel like I need a gold star because it's something I, It's a, it's a, it's a natural way of just who I am. Um, and in receiving, it's amazing because when you give, you receive in amazing ways. And an example is my classroom, right? What I give is love and respect and trust towards my students. What I get back is a harmonious classroom. I mean, what, what, what more could a teacher want? What more could a teacher want a calm, respectful, loving environment where the kids are happy. There's no power struggle. There's no yelling. There's no fear. It's just this really, I, I love going to work every day. I love it. I love teaching at home. Same thing. There's no fear of, you know, with, with, with our kids we, you know, we are, and it's, it's, it's 24, seven, the work 24, yeah. seven. That's why it's probably not the most popular, um, method of parenting and teaching because you need to be, it's a lot easier to just lay down the rules and a story. It's easy. Yes. But this method where you are constantly, constantly working constantly, always It just creates an environment where you're not afraid, meaning things come up and you can deal with them and you deal with them together and you work through them together and you know, life is not perfect, but whatever comes our way, we're going to get through this together. Your kids know that your kids feel it, that whatever's going on, we're in this together. I'm not by myself. And as parents, you know, husband, wife, we're in this together. We're going to get through whatever's going on. And it just creates this incredibly strong foundation. And then between a husband and a wife, it's the same thing, you know, and it's not about, you know, one way giving. It's just recognizing what your spouse values and enjoys. A little example, my husband loves classical music. God bless him. (laughs) And I don't, but I know how much he enjoys it. I know how much he enjoys it. So when we're in the car and he wants to listen to the classical music, listen to the classical music, enjoy it. No problem. And it makes him happy. It makes him calm. And I get a nice, happy, calm husband in return. And it's just like, you know, I, I know his favorite foods for Shabbos. And when I make it, he's so happy. And, and, and then he'll do things for me because he likes to see me happy. It's not about what we're going to get from each other. It's just this environment that's created when there's love constantly being given. It's not about what am I going to get right? in return. It's like, what else could I give? You know, it's just in our house, we just, we try to celebrate everything. Like our, our son got his learner's permit. We Amazing. decorated his door with, with you know, Uh, street signs and, and, you know, cute posters, congrats. And we took him out for dinner. It's like, yay, it's a permit. Let him feel excited. You know, why not? Right. So we just, we just, we find as many reasons as we possibly can to celebrate and to recognize. And again, it is work. It's constant, constant work. It's so much easier not to do any of this and just live a regular. It's so much easier, but when you do it, you're like planting this incredible garden, this incredible garden where the roots are like like rock, you know, like still. Like these roots are not budging. So when the storms come, we got each other. We got each other. We'll get through it. So
0: it's so important because it creates such a feeling of safety and security within the child.
1: Correct. Yes. Correct. Correct. Wow. And and, and within each other as a couple, as a yes. family. Yes. It's just as, as students, you know, as friendships, there is, that's what it is. It's, and, and who doesn't want to feel safe and secure, right? We something we all, we all want.
0: Yes. Yes. So thank you. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much, Danny for joining us today in America's Top Rabbit, Since We really enjoyed having you here and may the learning we did together be for the Rafu Shalema of Eliezer Raphael Leibandamuna and also for Janina Kiesler. Thank you so, so much.
1: Amen. And thank you.
0: My pleasure.